Our Lord Jesus Christ, when he went up on the mountain to be transfigured before the holy disciples and apostles, before he took Peter, James, and John up the mountain, he said, some of you will see the kingdom of God before these things are to take place. And the Gospel of Luke, it says, and eight days later, he took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. And that is very significant. It's not merely a matter of a passage of time because the eighth day is the day of the kingdom. We see this over and over in the law. For seven days this shall happen, and then on the eighth day, and usually whatever was to happen on the eighth day was to be a good thing. You shall be clean, or you shall be made whole, or you shall be able to return to the temple, and so on and so forth, because the eighth day is the day of the kingdom. It's the day of the resurrection. It's the day of the kingdom of God. And so when Peter, James, and John go up there, the Gospel of Luke says they were heavy with sleep. They had just climbed a mountain. They were not young men necessarily, all of them, John, but, but Peter certainly not. And uh, they're up on the mountain, and again, heavy with sleep. And then they begin to kind of come to, I can imagine that, you know, when you're kind of drowsy and you, you kind of come to, and then what a vision they had. What a vision they saw. The Lord transfigured before them, his garments bright as light, whiter than any bleach could have gotten them. And they see Moses, and they see Elijah, and Moses and Elijah are talking to Christ. And the Gospel says about his exodus, about his departure, about his coming crucifixion because the transfiguration took place 40 days before our Lord was crucified. We celebrate transfiguration today, August 6th, and we will celebrate the exaltation of the Holy Cross on September 14th, 40 days after this celebration. And of course, Moses and Elijah, they represent the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah represent the living and the dead. And they are there as Christ is transfigured in glory, talking to him about his crucifixion. And this is what Peter, James, and John, they see. You see, the Trinity is made manifest over and over and over in the account of the transfiguration. And eventually, Peter, not knowing what he's saying, begins to say, it's good that we're here, Lord. Let us make three booths, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Because the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, was to remember the time when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were with God. And God was with them in the wilderness. The idea is that it's better to be in exile, it's better to be in the wilderness and be with God than to have all the nice things of the city and to forget about God or to not be with God or to be far away from God. So they would celebrate this feast every year and so that's why Peter's mind immediately went to that idea they are in the wilderness they are on the mountain and they are with God and there they see the kingdom of God they see it revealed before them they see the saints with Christ represented by Moses and Elijah the law and the prophets the living and the dead and then a voice comes with a cloud they begin to enter the cloud it says in one of the gospel accounts, kind of like Moses, when he went up onto the mountain 
and he entered into the cloud. And the Israelites below were so afraid they wouldn't even approach the mountain because of the thunder and the lightning and the deep darkness. And Moses entered into that deep darkness. And there in that darkness, he encountered God. St. Gregory of Nyssa says, it was so bright because of the light of God that that's why it was darkness. It was so bright. And so they enter into that brightness on Mount Tabor today on the Feast of Transfiguration. And there they encounter God. And they hear a voice, this is my son, my beloved. The word there is agapitos. And agapitos is a translation from the Hebrew of Dawid. Dawid is where we get the name David. This is my Davidic son. This is the Messiah. This is the one who is leading you to eternal life. This is the one who's leading you into the kingdom of God. Listen to him. Hear his voice. Throughout the Old Testament, God's always saying, hear my voice. But today he's saying, listen to him. Listen to the voice of Christ. Again, they see the kingdom of God. They have this magnificent, amazing experience. And then they only see Christ. Nothing else. You see, it wasn't that Christ was changed before them, but it's that their eyes were opened. They saw things as they really were for a moment. This is the reality that really is. How many times the saints of God talk about in the divine liturgy, seeing the angels present, seeing the saints present, seeing the glory of God present. There was a humble priest who would celebrate the divine liturgy in a village in Greece, and he was a farmer, and there was a new bishop, and he was visiting that area, and he said, I want to meet all the priests, and he called the priest. They went and found him, and he showed up in his overalls. And the bishop wasn't impressed. He was dirty in his overalls. And he said, tomorrow you're doing liturgy and I'm going to watch you. Make sure he knew what he was doing. So the priest came, cleaned up with his cassock, and he got vested and he celebrated the divine liturgy. And during the divine liturgy at the consecration of the gifts, the altar filled with the uncreated divine light. That same light that Christ shone with on Mount Tabor. And the bishop's eyes were opened and he saw it. He didn't say anything for a while and then he was talking to the priest. And he finally decided to approach the subject somehow and he said, the light during the liturgy. And the priest said, doesn't that happen every time you celebrate the divine liturgy? The reality, we also experience transfiguration every time we come to the divine liturgy. We may not see it with our naked eyes, but that's the reality that is before us. That's the reality of the kingdom of God. That's the reality of the transfiguration. And again, afterwards, they just saw Jesus. And in one of the gospel readings, they're on their faces in dismay, the apostles. And he comes and he touches Peter, I believe. He comes and he touches and says, get up. It's time to go. It's time to go back down the mountain. It's time to go back down to the valley. 
that kenosis, that self-emptying of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the radiant effulgence of the light of the Father, the eternal Son and Word of God made flesh, and yet humbles himself to the form of a servant, even to go to death and death on a cross to take upon himself the sins of the world. This is the love of God. This is the condescension of God to come to us, to be just like us in every respect except for sin, to enter into our reality, to know everything that we experience as human beings in this world, to know the pain and the suffering and the challenges and the difficulty and the hurt and the rejection and so on and so forth. The same one that's glorified, transfigured today, is the same one that humbles himself in this way and comes to us in whatever circumstance of life we may find ourselves so that we can turn to him and that our eyes might be opened we might see the glory of the kingdom of God. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of ages.